grandmother, Dr. Tova Lichtenstein. Good morning, Esti, my daughter, the head of the head of Beit Midrash, Migdal Oz. Esti, last time when we were talking, we talked a long time about the war. We talked about the soldiers fighting, but there is a war going on uh, that we that I think no civilized country in the last probably hundreds of years has ever been uh, facing such a difficult situation of citizens that were kidnapped, whose families were murdered, raped, the women were raped, they were kidnapped, and they're sitting in Aza now 101 days. 101 days is three months Three months is a long time when things are bad. When things are good, three months are nothing. But when things are bad, three months are very long. And I think the hearts of everyone in this country is to, is is with these people. And we are facing a challenge of how do we fight a war? How do we release them? How will we be able to cope with this? How is the families coping? And I think that's one of the greatest challenges that, that we are facing in this war. I want to share two very powerful experiences from last Wednesday. There were two two events that were organized by by the families of the hostages of the Khatufim. One was a big, a large tefillah in the Kotel. It was Erev Yom Kippur Katan, Erev Rosh Chodesh. And it was very meaningful for me that most of the hostages are not religious people, but they organized together with the Rabbanut Rashid a tefillah in Kotel. And there was also, that was at 3.30 in the Kotel. And at 8.30 at night, it was a big gathering, a large gathering, which is in Tel Aviv. Is a large square that 24-7, since I think the first week of the war, the families are there, there are a lot of, uh, it's in Tel Aviv, in the, in the entrance of the Tel Aviv Museum for Art. And people just come and sit there, talk to the families. There's all kinds of, every Matzai Shabbos, there's, a, I would say, a demonstration in Hebrew, they call it Natseret, which is different than a demonstration, a gathering, and a lot of support for the families. That's where they, the Israeli society really gathers together to support, Bekikar HaTufim. And there was a gathering there at 8.30 at night, which, is, which wasn't a tefillah. It wasn't a demonstration. It was really uniting, meeting over a combination of singing Israeli songs and also saying Pirkei Tehilim. In the beginning, there was something in me that said to myself, we're going to do the whole Beit Midrash, we're going to stop learning, and uh, uh, we canceled all classes Wednesday afternoon. We left the Beit Midrash at 2.30 in the afternoon. We went to the Kotel. It was very, very powerful, the davening there. There was a lot of slichot, also Ashkenazi slichot and Sephardi slichot, a lot of Yud Gimel Midot, El Melech Yoshev Al Kisera Chamim. And it was a good option to connect to Kadosh Baruch Hu, to Yamim Nuraim. I think the feelings of just putting ourselves in the hands of a Kadosh Baruch Hu and asking for Rachamim. I literally cried from the moment the davening started until it ended. And it was hundreds of thousands of people, religious and irreligious, Haredim, the families of the hostages, the Rabbanut Arashit, the Rabbanim Arashim. And it was... 
very powerful. And from there, we went to the Kikara Hatufim in Tel Aviv. And what we wanted to do, I think, was to use both, I would say, tools in our life, gathering together as a nation, the Israeli society of singing Israeli songs, and, and gathering together not over the religious aspect of, of davening, but also giving a big hug to the families, and also asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help us. I think we need both aspects in our life. We need a lot of Siyat Adishmaya. We also need a lot of Achdut Be'am Yisrael, Be'mdinat Yisrael. And it was a long day. We left at 2.30. I came home at 2.30 in the afternoon. I came out at midnight. I wouldn't give up either davening and asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for help, and either singing Israeli songs together with in the Kikar in Tel Aviv, I think both of those things are part of what's happening to us as a society, religious society of De Hashem. And when I, in the end of the evening, I thought to myself, in, in the Kikar, we only, in the, the Kotel, we only davened. In the Kikar, there were many speeches of families of the hostages, mothers, fathers, and also a lot of speeches of Rabbanim that came there, not in the Kotel, but in the Kikar, to talk about what joins us together to talk about the ability of the Israeli society, not to look about what's different, but to look about what we all agree about and to give a lot of love and support. And when I came home, I thought to myself, in the Kotel, I was really asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if I can say that, to change something in his world. In the Kikar, I was asking myself to change something in the Israeli nation to take responsibility. And I couldn't miss each, either event. I had to be both in the Kotel and both in the Kikar. One of the things I think you're saying, Esti, is that we're all going through a process to find what does it mean to be an Israeli in this war. We all, we defined ourselves over the years as being Israeli Zionists, of being religious Zionists, being secular, being religious, and I and I think that over the over this period of this 101 days, we have learned that there is something we have in common that we all have in common. That commonality that we have is the love for Eretz Israel. Some people love it in this way, and other people love it in that way. Some people see it as as uh, as the fruition of a prophetic of a prophetic claim we have on this land. Some people see it as our national homeland. But deep inside each one of us. Whether you're standing in the Kikar HaChatufim in the in the Hostages Square, or you sit standing at the Kotel, we have all learned that we all love Eretz Israel. We all love Eretz Israel to such an extent that our children are willing to go and fight for it. That people are willing to join together to overlook the differences between us. And when you look at when you see the process that we've gone through, three months is not a very long time for a process. It's a long time to be a captive of an of a terrorist, cruel regime. It is a long time to fight battles and to fight and to be in danger, but it's not a long time to go through an emotional process. People take them years sometimes to go through an emotional process. And this war has been a catalyst in bringing us all together 
to define together what it means to be an Israeli. And I think when Esty says that she was part of her, well, she wouldn't give up being on the Kotel and she wouldn't be up, give up hearing the Israeli songs at the key, at the hostages square. I think you describe very beautifully what's happening to all of us. I really want to thank you for putting that in words. And I really think that when we start thinking about it, because, you know, we had a Luan Wednesday afternoon, and I, I thought I was, it was so clear to me that I have to choose one of them. And I even wrote to someone, uh, uh, another Rosh Yeshiva, I wrote to him, so where are you going? You're going to go to the Kikar? I hear you're going to the Kikar. Maybe you want to do a, uh, maybe we should do a joint mincha in the base medris. So he wrote to me, but we're going to both. And for me, that wasn't an option in the beginning. And I wrote to him, you're going to both? Torah mateheleh. What are you going to do with learning Torah? And he answered me in a smile, but I hope there will be beyom adin. The hostages will stand there together with us to define my decision, levatel Torah. And once he wrote that, I thought to myself, I have to be in both places. I can't choose. And it was a, it was a, as you gave me words, it was a really a moment that I felt that I, I, I can't choose between my Israeli identity and my religious identity. I have more than one tool to work with, and I have to, I have to be in both places. And I told the, the girls we're going to cancel classes. The, 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 the hostages gave me buses to the Kotel. The irreligious people gave me buses to the Kotel. They did not fund buses for the Kikar. And I told the girls, we are going to the Kotel, and it's, you can make a decision if you want to continue the Kikar. 90% of the girls went to both places, and we, we fund the buses to the Kikar. But I think you're right. That's the process we went through. And I'm very, I don't want to say curious. I, I, want, I think it's a process that started last year about also questions about the Israeli nation over the, the questions that we had about the Reforma Mishpatit. The judicial reform. reform. But I think now we really, you're right, the process of being killed together did things that we didn't succeed in doing before. And I'm asking you, with this continue, how do we continue this new identity that we got? You asked me that same question last week, Esty, about change, and we have to become more civil. Now your question is on a deeper level, how do how do we, we have to be more civil. And I answered you then that we're not civil. We're not civil, but we're going through a process of becoming am echad, becoming one people. And you're going to ask me how we're going to do that. <laughs> you know what they say? In these days, prophecy is given to fools. Proce- processes and change in national identity, in, in understanding of yourself, in understanding uh, what has happened to you take lo- take time for an individual. They also take time for a nation. But what I would like to say is that what is terrible, or I wouldn't say terrible. I'll change that, which, which is ironic and sad. That change comes when we're in danger. Change comes when we have an external enemy. And I wish that for, for us. And for all the Jews throughout the world, that the sense of identity, the sense of being one people, the sense that we're all Jews should not be a 
function of our common danger, but it should be a function of our common values. And I can only hope that we will, God will give us the wisdom to do this and to realize it's not common day, it's not danger that should be the, the, the catalyst for change, but it's the fact that we all realize that we are one nation. We are one nation if we live in New York, if we live in Australia, if we live in, in China. I understand there are Jews in China too and in India. And we're all, we're all together. And that's, that's what I wish for Am Yisrael and I wish for all of us. Esti, let, let, let's talk about what happened this week. Tell me, Esti, how was your week? You talked about Wednesday, but there was Thursday, Friday, Friday, Shabbos, what happened? Um, Friday, I cooked. I even cooked Thursday. Now, I usually don't cook Thursday. Why did I cook Thursday? Because Shabbat was the first time since Simchat Torah, which is 100 days, as you mentioned before, that all of my three sons that are, were in the army since Simchat Torah were home for the same Shabbos, for the same time. They could spend time together. Never happened since Simchat Torah. One of my sons was literally all the Shabbatot except for one in the army. In one hand, it was beautiful because they they were all home and we really had a beautiful Shabbos. And one of my sons was in Aza and he just came out of Aza because he's not going back for the next, I hope, two months. And he was home. My second son is home for three weeks and he's going back north. My third son left, he was supposed to leave Motsi Shabbos back to the up north too, not to Aza. And he came from New York. He was in New York for the year. He came October 10th. Since then, he's in the army. He had very completely different plans for this year. In one hand, I told him, I'm very proud of you. And he knows that you're going back at least for another month and a half, the end of February. I'll be very honest, that's not what he wants to do. He really wants to continue on and go to university as he planned. And it's other hand, and he said, you know, um, he was a bit down because he didn't want to go back. And I think also it's a bit scary going back to where he's going, at least for me as a mother. And I think for him too, but we didn't talk about it that so directly. And he went back because it's so clear for him that that's what he has to do. He knows he has to protect the, border, the northern border of Medinat Yisrael. And I hope that soldiers will continue on coming out. And I'll say maybe I'll share something that one of my sons said to me. The soldiers that come out, uh, they say are a bit down because they came out and they wanted to continue on fighting. And he, my, my son went back home. And Matzi Shabbos, he said to me, you know, tomorrow I'm going back to the law firm that I work at. And it's strange. And he really, in some way, like he said to me, Oh, I came out, I came back from Aza, but I want to be there. They're still fighting. And my son, and he's home and he's a bit upset that he's home. And my son that's going back, went back to the, to another month and a half in the army said to me, Oh, I'm going back. I'm not sure I want to go back. So they said, you know, it's like a strange situation. Those that are home want to be there. Those that are there want to be home. So I think it's a transformation of understanding that in one hand we fought and we want to fight. In the other hand, this is going to be long. And I asked my son who went to the law firm Sunday, how was it? Sunday evening, I said, how was it to go back to regular life? And he said, it's so strange. It's hard. It's difficult. I still have friends in Aza and they expect me to 
to work as usual. And then I said to him, oh, welcome to the club. That's what I'm doing for the past three months. You're in Aza, and I'm trying to, to function on day-to-day life. So we have to hold in the same time. So I think we have to take a deep breath and think to ourselves, how do we continue on combining two different feelings in the same time of continue on and going back to life. Esty, I want to share with you what Avi said. Avi is my son, Harav Meir's son-in-law. He came back from three months in Aza. When he came back from three months in Aza, I, I went to see them. I was so happy to see them. I cried. And then I said to him, how are you, Avi? And Avi said to me, it's going to be very hard for me to go back to regular life, to go out, to go back to the, uh, Avi works for the antitrust uh, department in the, of the government. And he says, you know, you're all leaning, you're all reading in Shul Pashat Shmot this week. I'm still haven't heard Bray shit because I left on Simchat Torah. And I think that was a metaphor for your life has gone on, even though you're worried and even though you're sad and even though there have been losses, but you have been safe and we have kept you safe, but we've been fighting. We've seen friends of ours killed. We've seen what a terrorist organization is from up close. We've been in danger and it's going to be hard for me to jump from Bracious to Schmote. I need my time. And I think in some way that's exactly what your boys were saying to you, Esty. It, it's, it's going to be hard, Esty, not only for your son and for Avi and for all of those young men that return from the, from Aza. It's going to be difficult also for them, for the wives and for the children to readjust to normal, if there is going to ever be normal family relationships that were before. Women have learned how to run houses. They've been able to, they've been able to run their houses, go to work, take care of the children. The children have learned that their father does not put them to sleep. Uh, people, women that have never cooked have to cook now. I have a granddaughter that says, wow, I never thought that I could cook for Shabbos. I have a daughter whose son is in Miloim, and she says, I never went shopping for Shabbat. He did all the shopping for me. And she came to the to the supermarket one day, and she bought meat. And the man said, here in Israel, you can buy kosher the Mahadra meat in the supermarket. The other great thing about living in Israel, you can get cleaning help on Sunday. You probably can do that in America now, too. But anyway, she comes, my daughter comes to the supermarket and she, and she orders and she tasks for meat for, for Shabbat. And the man at the counter says, your husband would never buy such expensive meat for Shabbat. And so all of a sudden, these women, the, the women, the mothers and the, and the, and the wives who have been running the houses on their own, on the, have to, go back and try and reestablish a new equilibrium in who does what. The father has come back from a war, and the war is still going on, and he's dealing with his feeling. The mother has been handling the home front, and what what is that poem? They also 
serve, who only stand and wait, and they have been waiting and taking care of the children, and a new equilibrium has to be established. The children have gotten used to the fact that their grandparents are taking care of them, that grandparents are putting them to sleep sometimes, sometimes it's their mother, and all of a sudden, the father, that maybe the teeny-weeny ones don't even remember him so well, he comes in and out like a grandfather figure, and all of a sudden, he's going to be the father, and what's going to happen to all those that that were taking care of him. I think there's going to be a major re-establishment of a new equilibrium. I only hope that this equilibrium won't take a long time to re-establish the equilibrium, and the equilibrium will, as I hope for everything, will make us all more sensitive to the other, more sensitive to what it is to be partners in raising children, and and that the little ones will be able to to integrate that sometimes it's their mother, sometimes it's their father, sometimes it's their grandfather, but they're well-loved by everyone. I think it's not only about the parenthood relationship. I think it's also about the zugi, the intimate relationship between how the husband is going to come back, what did he see, how traumatized will he be, how much patience, how much the, the mother at home feels in the edge of the edge of the edge of her taking care of the kids alone for three months. And then her husband comes back and he needs support and he feels in the edge and the edge and the edge of taking care of Am Israel for three months. And people are very, I hear a lot of young women, alumni and not alumni, that are very nervous about the 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 husband coming home and what it would be with their intimate relationship as, as a couple, not only as parents. I think that's something we have to, as a, as a society, be very, very aware of. I think I think what you're talking about, Esty, is is um, primary trauma and secondary trauma, and I think the men, many of the men, are primary traumatized. Many of the women might be primary traumatized, but certainly secondary trauma. And I think there's a very famous article that's called "Who's Going to Help the Helpers." And who is going to help them to to deal with their secondary trauma? I think you're saying very wise things, Esty. I think we have to organize ourselves as a community that understands that we have to find the right professional and help on the one hand, but on the other hand, there's nothing like support. Nothing like support in all the to all the. All the research has shown the most, uh, the most basic thing in helping people deal with trauma and with loss is support, social support and family support. And I hope and pray that we will have the wisdom to do it. Bezrat Hashem, we have the wisdom and power to do it. And I think also you mentioned Sefer Shmot. We started Sefer Shmot. Sefer Shmot, Bishrut Nashim Tzitkaniot Nigalu Yisrael Mimitzrayim. Sefer Shmot also has a, has a vision. We're bidiuk between Vaera and Bo. Kadosh Baruch Hu basof mix in, Vugoel mixes in, Vugoel et Am Yisrael. It took, in Sefer Shmot, I hope it doesn't, it's not going to take us so many years like in Sefer Shmot. Dafka reading it Sefer Shmot. It should take as many years, as many weeks as it takes us to, to read, read Sefer Shmot. As, I think the Parashat Shavua is something that really I, I, the from the beginning of the war, we started Bereshit, and every time the parasha was exactly the 
Tovavo, and then Noach the Mabul, and then we had so many things, and Yosef Babor, and the unity of yourself and, and his brothers. And now Sefer Shmot gives us, and always Parashat Shavua, I said, how did, how did Kim Bisha Parashah is exactly what we fear as a nation today in this war. Now Sefer Shmot gives me the hope of Geulat Mitzrayim, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ani Velo Malach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mixing In. I can't say waiting for Nesk, Moetziat Mitzrayim, but waiting for for something that can give us hope in 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 a vision that Israel, Gael, Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for this discussion, because uh, my mother, because I feel that it helped me to understand myself as someone what what's going over me as a mother, as a Vedat Hashem, as a someone in Israel, in Israel. We should have strength together. Amen. And Esti, God should give you strength to continue the work you're doing in the Beit Midrash and to be a good mother to your children and your grandchildren. I see how much you you cook all Thursday night and all Friday, and then you clean up all Monsi Shabbos. Not that your husband is not a major part of this, my dear. Let's give him credit also. Thank you. <laughs>